the loveracing.nz update. Your home for everything thoroughbred racing. Visit loveracing.nz, racing's biggest fan. We are 18 minutes away from uh, 11 o'clock and all through the spring we have been rolling out the heavy artillery in the form of Stephen Hunt from TAB and looking back on the weekend's racing with an eye to the futures racing and Hunty, I was actually off the clock and off the grid this weekend so I've had to go back and, and do a, a whole lot of re-watching to see some pretty good performances from the weekend and mate, we'll have to start with Crochetti because we've had a big opinion of this guy and we've spoken about him a lot and um, he's just a proper racehorse, isn't he mate? It was a, a big performance and a, a, I guess a, a line in the sand that says something's going to have to grow a couple of legs if it wants to beat him in the 2000 guineas. Yeah, good morning. Oh, yeah, it was fantastic weekend's racing. I called it movie day in terms of the 2,000 guineas. Um, and what's unfolded on the weekend, well, the market seems very static. Very much a final field market. We'll look about it before we get to the Group 1 early November. But just on Crescetti, look, the Sardin Memorial, the overall speed rating, was a fraction above class, plus 0.6 lengths versus the class. The race shape, well, this is the key factor. They've gone out very slow to the 648.21, which converted to lengths as 8.1 lengths below open class. And clearly the slowest out of the four 1,400-metre events on the day. They've dashed home the last 634.02, which is plus 4.9 lengths versus the class. So, look, on that score, Crescetti was in the prime position, leading with Warren Kennedy and controlling the tempo. But what does it tell us in terms of getting 1,600 metres to reckon in the early stages of November? Well, not not a little, very little, to be fair. Um, not, a, not a lot, should I say, and very little. Uh, it was basically a glorified jog and sprint home. Um, personally, do I think Chris Shetty is a miler? No. But can he win a 2,000 guineas? Absolutely. And a couple of key factors uh, why I feel that he can, Louis, is you look back historically and you've got Darcy Brahma, who definitely was not a, a miler, but he was able to mm-hmm. win the 2,000 guineas back in 2005 because he had that clear class edge versus rivals, which I feel just in terms of speed performances and whatnot, Chris Yeti feels uh, fits that mode. And then you go back just a few years ago to Extravagant, the stablemate to Darcy Brahma back in 2015. Now, that he was truly not a miler, but he got the job done in great fashion, and he was able to win over 12, 1,400 at the elite level later that season. So I think Chris Yeti fits that mode to the, the Darcy Brahmas of the Extravagance of the like, where he just has that class edge over his rivals from what we see and what has been unfolded in the last two to three months to get that 1,600 metres, and that's why he's a $1.60 price post the weekend. Well, you've nailed it because I agree. It was, a, upon reflection, when I watched that race, it was a bit shocking, really, how easily he was left but left alone. But the thing is, he's a, he's a really professional young racehorse. He jumps and he puts himself there, and he kind of does it all right, which means that... If something wants to come and soften him up and, and get on his nerve, well, they're going to put themselves under probably more pressure than he is because he's doing it all right. And the other thing is, through the line, he was very, very easy. And, and yes, Warren Kennedy did touch him a, a little bit more than he usually does just to make sure he was doing the job because Lupo Solitario seems like a pretty nice horse as well and, and was in earshot. But his ears were pricked. He looks like a happy horse, and uh, he's going to go down there with all the runs on the board. So... I guess if people are, are looking for anything to beat him, um, I mean, you, you say that it's got the final field. Look about it, the, the futures market, and I, I totally agree. So is there enough water under the bridge now for something to pop up? Or, or if you've got your opinion about this race, there's probably a good chance it's not going to change. 
Well, I think there'll be a lot of people there that will take on Crescetti purely at the price of either 1,600 metres, what unfolded on the weekend, because it didn't give us any uh, clarification or clarity around him getting the mile. It's still a bit up in the air. So there will be a lot of people out there that were willing to take on the Crescetti and the $1.60 quote. Uh, Latin weight comes from a different form line. Uh, we saw Solidify just a little bit plain on the weekend, but was that down to a better track? That's what punters have to answer. Uh, Trobe on a game brings a different form line, which we saw that form franked on the weekend with Bozo winning at Trentham. So I think Trobion and Latin Way do have reasons for punters to be interested if they want to take on Crescetti. And then you've got to catch a thief who was good enough and behind Crescetti, uh, Taliska who won on Sunday. So there's enough there in terms of different form lines if you want to take on Crescetti. But at this stage, he's locked in at $1.60. And look, I can probably see him maybe easing a touch on race day, but he's going to be trading deep into the red for the majority of the working week. Hey, Johnny Johnny just kept on giving, and <laughs> this, is a, this is a proper wee racehorse. I'm not sure what, what sort of ratings you got out of the Swainess Stakes, but he just bounced to the lead, and he, he lunged at the right time. He knows where the post is. He loves, he loves it there at Tarapa, obviously. Um, but I think his starting price is quite interesting. $2.10 he closed at. What I've got here. Well, I think the way the track was unfolding, it was definitely was an up-and-in day. The rail was back in the true position at Tirapa. It was a genuine good track, which we haven't seen for a long time. And Johnny Johnny did what Johnny Johnny does best, Louis. He went out sub-35 to the 600, roughly one second faster versus the last 600. He just ran them into the ground. He had a little bit of extra pressure from Craig Grills aboard Sassy Merlot, but he got the job done only by Pimple. Look, the overall speed rating was 0.8 lengths below par, so no real knock there. I suppose, again, the question going forward, can this horse be competitive in a railway come Christmas, New Year? Well, his best performance ratings are clearly on a soft or heavy track, and his numbers do regress when he gets on a five or better, which we saw on the weekend. But he has picked the right year. You look at our overall sprinters, and the likes of Imperatriz doing her thing over in Australia. Levante has been retired in the last 12 months. Maybe there's an opportunity for Johnny Johnny to get some of the spoils when it comes to the Group 1 over Christmas New Year period. I thought maybe the, the most stylish or impressive win to what I'm looking for and looking forward to over, over Cup Week over the weekend was very early doors at Trentham. And I, I think we've spoken about Bozo previously because she's been to Rickerton. She can do it on those big tracks. She's actually hung with the boys down at Rickerton as well and ran a, a big race um, the last start. Well, let, it, let go at Trentham. She's flattened out like a proper wee racehorse, this filly, and she's actually bet some well-performed three-year-olds in the process, and I thought she was still going away at the line. Uh, again, ears pricked, flattened out, looked like a good racehorse, but what did the numbers say? Because she's now third favourite for a 1,000 guineas, and um, you, you struggle to, to say to the eye that she's... I think to the eye you wouldn't be trying to find too much wrong with her, so is that reflected in the data? Yeah, look, the, the numbers weren't flash. It was 2.2 lengths below the class, her performance on the weekend, mm. but they don't have to be flash. A lot of these fillies, I'm waiting for that horse to really smash the clock, and it's yet to be seen with our group of three-year-old fillies this year, Louis. So um, her numbers okay. are around about the mark, what's required in a few weeks' time at Rickerton. Um, but, look, she's just a professional. She can sit off a, a reasonable tempo. Look, she's not the overly biggest filly going around, 
But as I say, she's got a lot of credentials going for her. The 1,600 metres at Rickerton is going to be no dramas whatsoever. If you're comparing to some of the other fillies that are in the market, that could be a slight question mark. You look at her pedigree. The first dam's by High Shap. Second dam, the late, great Dane Hill. And then you go back to the third dam, you'll find a Kentucky Derby winner and size of plenty of Shinko King and Archway. So she's one of the better, better bred fillies <laughs> going around at the moment, Bozo. So oh, I, I can't wait for her. In the autumn, I think she can replicate what another Satono Aladdin did this time, or in the autumn Ooh. this year, and win the Oaks, Bozo. So, look, she's got the pedigree, she's got the racing style, and finesse to be winning a 2,400-metre race in the, in the autumn. Yeah, well, she's well-travelled already, and that, that's probably um, not that surprising, being a Kevin Myers horse, but she's been up and down and around, and she's doing the job. So, Luber on Molly Bloom, $5 favourites, uh, tied favourites, and then Bozo, Star of Justice on that second line. Uh, I'm just watching here as the, um, the barriers look like they're being drawn for uh, the... Cox Plate. No, it's not. No, it's not. No, I'm watching a replay. Don't worry. Um, the, the Caulfield Cup, though, Stephen Hunt, that did happen over the weekend, and I thought it was an, a, an absolutely amazing edition of the, the Caulfield Cup, to be honest. I thought that the three horses passed the post, especially kicking away, I thought they were extremely good runs. And I, I just, I, I've been wrong about Gold Trip over and over again because I thought Gold Trip was so brave kicking on for third there. But credit to the Freedmans with the winner. They targeted this race. Brad Taylor told me they were targeting this race a long way out with without a fight. And, um, well, he was superior on the line. And a good ride by Mark Zara, who is a bit of a big big race rider at this point of his career, isn't he? Absolutely. Mark Zara would have to be in the top two or three in particular Melbourne, if not Australia, in the last two to three seasons. Gets the job done. He's a professional and the big time doesn't seem to phase him, Mark Zara. In fact, he seems, he seems to lift from midweek races to when you get to the elite races or the carnivals, such as what we're seeing at Caulfield or what has unfolded in the last two, three, two to three weeks at Caulfield. So, look, without a fight, uh, look, he was around that third, fourth line of betting. He set up beautifully in terms of pinching a, a genuine group one in the uh, in the spring from what he did in Brisbane in the winter carnival What it, without a fight. And... Look, the overall race, uh, Time Raiders will be excited by the overall figure, no doubt. But, gee, they've gone extremely fast early speed. I mm-hmm. think 12 lengths faster than a genuine Group 1 speed. So they've gone out very hard for the first half of the race. And the best stayers finished 1, 2, and 3. There was no doubt about that. Uh, without a fight, West Wind Blows and Gold Trip, two out of those three will be in right in contention when it comes to the Melbourne Cup. Obviously, West Wind Blows, being an international, has had his two runs to date, so no more for him. Uh, but without a fight and goal trip, uh, definitely right in the mix in terms of pronounced betting in the Melbourne Cup in a few weeks' time. So, look, Gold Trip will have to carry the weight. Uh, he was 58 and a half when it comes to a Melbourne Cup. Without a fight, I think he got penalised one kilogram on the back of his Caulfield Cup win. You're looking at their prices, Gold Trip at a $5 price, and without a fight, a $7 quote in that third line. Uh, and just very, very quickly, and lastly, Imperatriz, she's going to go around in the Manicato a dollar uh, bugger all, and y- you'd struggle to see something that would beat her. I think I Me from memory was second favourite, who was pretty good at, at Randwick a couple of weeks ago, but uh, Imperatriz is going to be the fan favourite on the day. She's going to be one of the star attractions, and fair enough, would you say? Oh, 100%, Louis. Uh, look, I'll have a chat to the lads. Maybe there's going to be a boost around Imperatriz later <gasps> in the week. Uh, she's deep into the red, and that's warranted from what we've seen at the Valley in the last four to five weeks, albeit that's been 1,100 metres. She was a little bit vulnerable, they thought, at 1,100 metres second up, but again, she was far too good. The form's been frank, the second horse being stakes performer, 
post that last start win for Imperatriz, and now she's chasing their elusive Group 1 in the spring. Not that she's not hasn't won a Group 1, but I'm just in terms of winning a Group 1 this time round. So, uh, yeah, she's going to be awfully hard to beat. Opie jumps aboard. Great to see him going back over to Australia to represent New Zealand in terms of Tiakau. And, uh, yeah, I'm going, to, I'm going to be, no doubt, uh, surrounded by plenty of Maltese running through Imperatriz when I come to the office on Saturday morning. I hope so, and I hope they're all cashed as well, because you know me. We love taking money. <laughs> Thank you, Stephen Hunt of TAB. Wonderful review of the weekend's racing, and McCarty will be back to review this hour here on uh, Mornings with Ian Smith.